0: Hello, Falava. This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Oloingo o Susana Suriswiki. Coming up, the French president embarks on his tour of the Pacific. Also,
1: there are some people who are just really angry at what's
0: happened. Auckland's Pacifica community mourns the deaths of two men killed last week. And later,
2: that's why my administration has made it a priority to strengthen our partnership with your countries and with the Pacific Islands Forum
0: we look at the volatile relationship between the US and China French president Emmanuel Macron is embarking on a historic 5-day trip of the Pacific he lands in New Caledonia's capital before making his way over to Papua New Guinea and Vanuatu French officials say it's the first time a French president will visit independent countries in the Pacific Alicia Foo spoke to Islands business correspondent, Nick McLellan, who's a new mayor ahead of Macron's arrival.
2: It's unprecedented that a French president will be travelling to Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea. President Macron was in New Caledonia in 2018, and he's coming back for a two-day visit to discuss a range of issues, particularly New Caledonia's institutional future and the place of France in the Indo-Pacific region. He'll be giving a major speech on Wednesday in the Plastica Quartier, the main uh, square in Nouméa, and people are waiting to see what he's got to say about the vexed question of New Caledonia's political status. Um, on Thursday, he travels to Vanuatu for a brief visit, um, particularly to talk about uh, um, development issues, climate change and uh, France's Indo-Pacific strategy. And then on Friday, a flying visit to Port Moresby. Um, following in the footsteps of other regional leaders uh, to talk about um, uh, biodiversity, uh, the role of French corporations in PNG's resources sector and uh, similar topics.
3: So a lot happening there, but let's focus on New Caledonia. What can we expect specifically from his visit? Because I understand that the reception hasn't been welcoming from one side with the Caledonian Union having a few, few strong opinions about his trip.
2: Local committees of the main independence party, Union Caledonian, have called for what they call peaceful but determined rallies, uh, particularly when he heads north on Tuesday afternoon to the uh, east coast town of Tuo. Also when he gathers uh, the New Caledonian community together on Wednesday afternoon for a speech in uh, Plastico Cotier. New Caledonia is still politically divided over the future status um, and Macron will be uh, addressing uh, quite complex issues about New Catalonia's electoral role for its local political institutions. Um, he'll also be under pressure to acknowledge um, France's ongoing colonial role in the region. However, I think the French delegation, which includes not only uh, uh, President Macron, but his foreign minister, Catherine Colonna, his defence minister, uh, his overseas minister, and uh, other junior ministers, quite a team coming to Namia. Um a big focus will be on asserting France's role as a, an Indo-Pacific force um, indeed uh, what he calls a balancing force uh, between the major powers the United States and China uh, tomorrow morning uh, Tuesday he'll be holding a uh, uh, a major military uh, review in Pasbio uh, Kim where there's a, a war memorial in Numea in Um France has deployed uh, Rafale jet fighters, and two of those will be doing an overfly. So uh, President Macron sending signals that uh, France is a military force in the region. Uh, despite its capacity really being limited to humanitarian and disaster response, um, it wants to, to be sending a signal that um, Paris is here to stay.
3: So any clue on what his announcement may be?
2: The French government have called for both uh, supporters and opponents of independence, the political leadership of the independence movement, FLNKS, and so-called loyalist parties to travel um, to Paris in late August for uh, uh, negotiations on a future political statute for New Caledonia um, to wrap, basically wrap up the Namir Accord, which has governed politics for the last 25 years. Uh, the FLNKS, uh, the independence movement, has raised many concerns Um, about French policy. Uh, There's an ongoing debate about um, um, who can vote for local political institutions in New Caledonia and some commentators are expecting uh, President Macron to make some remarks about that, whether he can clarify it. I think the French government is hoping that um, the independence movement will come to Paris for trilateral negotiations. So between the FLNKS, the loyalists parties and the French state. Um, over the last nearly two years, there's only been bilateral talks between the independence movement and uh, the French government. France really needs to keep things moving, but President Macron is incredibly weak, politically, domestically at home. There's been major protests over his pension reforms, there's been literally rioting in the streets after the police uh, killing of a young uh, uh, French uh, citizen, and uh, he's lost the majority in the National Assembly. So Macron is trying to, you know, show that he's still a major leader at a time where he faces enormous political difficulties at home.
0: Auckland's Pacifica community is grieving the deaths of the two men killed at a downtown construction site last week. Sulemona Toto and Tupunga Sipiliano have been named as the victims of the 24-year-old gunman Matu Reid, who also died. Former Auckland City councillor and Green Party candidate, for Anana Efeso Collins, spoke to Ingrid Hipkiss. How is the loss of these two men being felt in these communities?
1: Oh, you'll understand that there's a, a very deep se- a sense of sorrow, loss, and maybe even some questioning at the moment. And I personally like to express my condolences to the family. A lot of the talk around churches yesterday was understanding, I guess, that we come from a collective paradigm, that we wear triumph and tragedy as a village. And so I know that earlier you've spoken to community leaders in Mani There's a lot of people who are pulling together to assist the family offers of churches and marquees. and that activates a community spirit who wants to reach out and support all the families at this time. And so there's, you know, there's that deep sense of sorrow and loss at the moment that people are feeling quite deeply at the moment.
0: You mentioned questions as well. What are those questions?
1: Yeah, a lot of the people that I go to church with are, are, are young fathers who are social workers and youth workers, and I think some of the questioning became, what else could we have done? How can we continue to support these communities? And even uh, the young man who uh, you know, who undertook the shootings as well, is what are the, I guess, the holes in the community or in the system that we need to assist and fix and help to facilitate them? strong aspirations for our young people. So that's some of the questioning there and you'll know that generationally there'll be some differences. There are some people who are just really angry at what's happened and there are some who are questioning as to how else we can support our young people who are going through these things. So it's getting that whole net and network of support from the community to work together and to continue to support one another.
0: In terms of what the community is doing to support uh, the loved ones of, of the victims here, what is being offered, do you know?
1: Yeah, I understand that. Your know, church leaders have offered church buildings. That there's been marquees. Many of all know that this is the time where families pull together. There'll be a lot of family and friends who'll be visiting uh, the families of uh, both of the killed men, and they'll be wanting to be, uh, you know, present for the family, support them, offer them the warmth and the encouragement and support that they need at this time. So those are the things that are definitely on offer, as well as a lot of young people who are saying, look, we we want to see some changes. We want to be the people who our communities, our our older generations are going to look to for hope and aspirations. And so how can we get beside the families as well? This isn't just the, the, the men who've been killed, but this has an impact on families and we know that everyone wants to pull together to assist because that's how the collective paradigm works. Everyone just activates whatever support they can offer and they make sure that that support is offered to the family.
0: What are your thoughts on that? Because of course, all of this comes as we've been ta- hearing a lot about youth crime, and what to do about that, and and of course now the debate around uh, home detention for you know for violent offenders.
1: Yeah, well, that's, I guess that's been the, the divide in some of the discussion. There's a lot in our older communities who who look at how we handle the old way of discipline and what wasn't in place for this to happen. And then you've got a generation, perhaps my generation and younger, who are looking for ways to support how do we address issues of poverty, isolation, young people who have fallen out of the school system and really need us to get beside them. And that's why I mentioned talking with many of the youth workers and social workers that are in our churches at the moment. because even as young dads we're wondering what is it that we can do to get people to talk to invite people to feel like they're connected to a community because it's that connection that's really going to offer people support but as I was saying earlier we we experience tragedy and triumph as a village and the village wants to work out what else can be done to support it's it's also going to mean a, a conversation with public institutions whether it's MSD, the Ministry of Education, our schools but we've got to be there to support our young people so that they can Take steps to reach their aspirations in life. So, those are many of the conversations that it has meant today.
0: The increasingly volatile relationship between the United States and China has been the centre of attention in the Indo Pacific region over recent years with trade wars, sanctions, and threatening words, bringing foreign relations to a low. But recent diplomatic exchanges have brought optimism for diffusing tensions. Earlier this month, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen visited Beijing and two weeks ago she told journalists during a presser in India she was eager to work with China on areas of interest. But U.S. experts say it's vital to confront China. Whinao Whunua was in the States and has the story.
3: Many prominent United States experts say that while diplomacy is important, curbing the growing influence of China has to be a primary objective. The Pacific Islands region, which has seen a larger overflow of Chinese assistance, has seen the U.S. strengthen its presence over the last year, with the Biden administration establishing embassies in Kiribati, Solomon Islands, and the Kingdom of Tonga. A defense pact was also recently signed with Papua New Guinea. Former U.S. diplomat Anja Manuel says it's long overdue for the independent nations of the region, which have seen little investment from the U.S. compared to that of China's.
0: U.S. renewed engagement in the South Pacific will be really positive. It will be positive for the economies of those countries, it will be positive on the security, it will be positive for the environment. So whatever the reasons and the backgrounds, I think it's a great initiative and it's about time.
3: It's a sentiment shared by Larry Diamond, a senior fellow at the Hoover Institution who has long studied China's foreign policy. Diamond said the country took a turn for the worst when President Xi Jinping took power in 2013. Mr. Diamond says there's an imperialistic element to Xi Jinping's ambitions for China in the Pacific region. He accuses China of using its financial influence to take advantage of Pacific island nations.
0: It's not that hard to manipulate.
1: A little bit of money can buy a lot of political influence. They want control, the People's Republic of China, of the Pacific Ocean. They wanna push the United States out of the Indo-Pacific region entirely. And the Pacific Island uh, countries are crucially strategically important in doing so and giving China strategic depth and strategic dominance
3: But are the establishment of embassies in Kiribati, Solomon Islands and Tonga driven by a genuine effort to improve the infrastructure of small island states, as Chinese development aid has done? Or is it reactionary, driven by a cold foreign policy tactic to counter China's influence? Manuel told RNZ Pacific greater involvement from the United States would be hugely beneficial to the region as a whole, and that China's commitment to the region is primarily motivated towards serving its own foreign policy objectives, such as winning UN votes.
0: It's not just China's influence in the Pacific Islands, but it's all over the world. China has been very effective in taking small states that each have a UN vote, And with some incentives, some would say bribes, but sometimes totally legitimate incentives, getting their votes and bringing them over to their side.
3: President Biden has long been accused of being soft, but despite the criticisms, Biden's efforts to implement a stronger presence in the Pacific is arguably greater than any U.S. president since World War II. Just two months ago, he signed an unprecedented defense partnership with Papua New Guinea. Pacific leaders met with President Joe Biden in Washington, where a list of pledges were announced.
2: A great deal of the history of our world is going to be written in the Indo-Pacific over the coming years and decades. And the Pacific Islands are a critical voice in shaping that future. And uh, that's why my administration has made it a priority. To strengthen our partnership with your countries and with the Pacific Islands forum.
3: Biden's pledge allocates more than eight hundred and ten million US dollars towards improving infrastructure and climate resilience in Pacific Island nations.
0: That's Pacific Waves for today. Don't forget you can listen back on RNZI.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, Tulfasy Four.